Welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. Today we've got Ben Tarju, uh, Marx's bro younger brother and uh, very good foiler in his own right. He, he kind of started a bit later than Marcus and I, but he he beat us both at King of the Cut and the, the Doctor the, the last time we raced. And I was just up on the Gold Coast with Ben and he touched me up again there. So he's a, he's a very good downwind foiler and... Um, yeah, tell us about yourself, Ben. What's your what's your what's your story, and how'd you get into foiling? Um, so you did pretty much set it up for me. We can just stop at the edge, you reckon? <laughs> I reckon. Um, how did I get into foiling? I guess same one. Spent time paddling, surfing, and foiling came along and entertained us a lot on days when there's no swell or when it's windy and like anything, you know. As you're you're down in paddle for a few years and kind of I don't know I guess you never master it but you feel like you get pretty proficient at it and another challenge comes along and it's always good to uh challenge your brain and your body and it keeps you uh keeps you interested so I guess probably the same way you and your brother and most guys I think I was a little bit later to get into it because I was doing when you guys are all starting to coil down in I think I was doing a race in cans that 50k thing so yep. I was kind of trying to paddle a bit to make sure I actually made it that far. <laughs> so everyone was foiling around me. And at the time it was fine because I'd downwind and I'd get there just as quick because they'd come up up and down on the foil so many times. So yeah. um, I think that at the time, the only guy beating me to the beach was probably um, little Jake Jensen. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, everyone was sort of falling off the foil a fair bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> That's one of the things Marcus and I touched on in the last episode. Or we talked about how you're better off going slower on the foil the entire time than than fast for a short time on the foil and then coming down. Basically, there's nothing slower than than not foiling when we are foiling. But I, <clears throat> I guess once you did get into it, Ben, you, you were you were bloody quick. Like. Marks and I discussed it. Uh, <laughs> you're really good at staying up high on the foil, and that's one, I guess, the key things um, for downwind foiling. Do you want to touch on that for a little bit? Because once you got it, you would move it. Uh, I don't really want to talk about how quick I am. <laughs> um, I guess, I don't know. For me, uh, my, you know, my background is sailing pretty high-performance skiffs, so they're really... Um, to go fast on skiffs, it's all about fine tuning and just the small little things. And I think, I think for downwind foiling, it's pretty similar. You know, you can you can pump all you want, but if you're sitting low on them, low on the mast, you, you're not going to go that quick. And yeah. So if you can be proficient and then kind of, I won't say smart, I'd say um, always just pushing it. You know, like staying high. Like a lot of the time I find when I'm downwinding, I've got that gurgling going on, like the wind's quite high to the surface. Risky. But yeah, it's, it's kind of risky, but if you just always do it, it's I guess it's not as risky once you're doing it all the time. Mm. But um, I don't know, like I'm 40, I can't afford to not be efficient. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, wish, I wish you weren't so efficient. It, so right, yeah, I don't know, that's probably... No, I think I think you'll be fine, Jimmy. Just uh, maybe I've had good foils underneath me. That's all. 
Uh, always been very modest. Um, but let's, let's backtrack because we're sort of getting into the, you know, the one percenters to get you faster. But, but how, how was your first downwind foil? Like you, the very first downwind sup foil you did, how did you go about it? Did you do a couple like prone downwind foils before? Were you pumping around in the surf before you went out? What did you do um, to get going? I think I, was, I think I was surfing a little bit on a sup mainly. And then I think my first like foil downwind was like in like 12 knots, <laughs> like a shitty Gold Coast, just a shit day, lots of swell side on and just, I probably wouldn't even go now to go downwinding. And yet, like I got it up a few times and mostly just paddled 5k downwind on foil board really like, ouch. But you know, if you, if you really want to foil downwind with a paddle, if you go out anytime there's a hint of a bump, you'll, uh, and just bust your balls, you'll get it sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everyone's Because then, first, you know, like when the, when the wind comes through... Everyone's first downwind foil... Yeah, because like, if you do it like... Nah, even if the conditions are perfect, it's still not going to be pretty. Yeah. But if you do it all the time in shitty conditions, good conditions, when you get that... When you finally get a taste for it and the bumps line up perfect for you, then all of a sudden you go a kilometre two kilometers next minute you're you do like a 20 kilometer down in foil and bobs your uncle yeah <laughs> nothing to it right so i guess the way i sort of oh. approaching it and chatting to marcus yesterday we were talking about how basically there's two aspects to downwind foiling with, with a paddle and, and the first one is is getting up and getting going and that's quite a skill in itself and then the second one is once you're up linking the bumps and, and that's the fun being able to link and glide for as long as you can so you don't come off and have to paddle up again. But like, let's let's break down how you paddle up onto the foil because that's, even still, it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, and I'll probably still do it even now, unless, unless it's one of the rare times where we're actually doing a race, which well, we've had maybe two or three races ever in Australia. Um, so for me, I just paddle out. Normally, I'm my just because I'm just cruising out and wait till there's some bump and just try to wait for a pretty sweet bump because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go too hard trying to get up. But yeah. I guess when you're sort of learning, I see a lot of people paddle out and they're just, I don't know, they're super intense and for some reason they're all jacked up and I'm, like you need to use your strength, but you got to try to be cool, you know, like relax and wait for a nice bump. And most people that are trying it have probably done some downwinding of some sort. So if they if they can kick the right bump, it would make their life a lot easier instead of trying to paddle up. You see a lot of them, they'll see a swell coming and try to paddle up on a swell and it's, it's not going to happen. So they just got to find that nice little bit of wind chop, get their nose in the back of something and it will make life a lot easier. Like I've had downwinders in the ocean, you kick the right bump, it's easier than paddling up on surf, you know. But you can just, you get the right bump and it's... Uh, it's not too hard. <laughs> yeah, it's all patience, isn't it? Like you got to really look out. Like as Marcus and I, and and you, all three of us, also have the same idea: is that you, if you're patient, you're gonna make it really easy for yourself. But you got to know what you're looking for. And a lot of people go out looking for those massive swells that are moving way too fast. And like you said, then it's the little chops that really, are really yeah. steep and sort of cupped out. You just want to drop down quickly and and get going. And and when it's when you get it, sometimes you get it in like one or two strokes, and you're up and going. Um, and when you force the issue, 
you and I can probably just paddle it as hard as we can. We're probably going to get up on those those bad bumps, but you don't want to be doing that, and you're not really doing that for the start of a race. Um, being calm, collected, and and selective with the the bumps you take off on is really important. And a lot of people will burn their energy um, trying to get up on bumps that are no good. So I think that's um, really good. Yeah. Um, tip is yeah. I mean, like you said, if you're um, when you're learning to do it, a lot of the time the problem is you're paddling out with a few of your mates. And you kind of, you know, you don't want to get left behind or whatever. But if you're going to learn it, you've got to be prepared to be out in the ocean on your own for a few hours at a time, yeah. <laughs> getting frustrated. And but the trick is not to get frustrated because you just use more energy and, and you need all the energy you can uh, you can use. So, yeah, just relax, try to be smart about it. And um, when you get it and, you know, if you get to the stage you mean you want to race, then maybe at the start of a race you'll have to grind it up on a shitty bump. But you can, you know, you, you save your energy for that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I guess let's let, let's go into equipment. What what gear were you using when you first did your your first downwind foil, and, and what are you using now? Um, I think the first time I foiled was with like the old GoFoil wings, the two hundred. I think was the one I sort of learned. Yeah, I think I tried a few times on a two eighty, but I think I was just getting boosted. Like, you know, it's a big, big wing. Um, and then I think 200 is when I sort of started to get it. I think at Hood River, I, I did a few runs on a 200 and then I sort of started to click. Um, then I ended up using, I sort of started to build a few of my own wings just out of, you know, well, you know me, I like to just tinker. And yeah. then, um, but in between that, I was using a, a Takuma which I used in Perth when we were racing. And that went well, like it surfed well, it went pretty fast. Um, and since the Takuma, I've just been playing with my own stuff mainly. So, the, yeah, the foils I'm using now, are, you know, I'm the, I'm the only one using them and, and sort of one or two other people. But um, hopefully one day people could buy them. <laughs> yeah. I, I was lucky enough yeah. to try one of your foils, Ben, and it was cool to. Um, I always like trying all different equipment. Um, it was interesting how different the foils. I was using, I was using a GoFoil PNL 185, and you were using the one you designed, and, and we did a swap sort of halfway along the run. And it was amazing how similar speeds we were. Um, and then we swapped, you know, a little yeah. bit different, but um, yeah, it was cool to ride something that, that I guess it must be cool to, to, to ride a foil that you designed yourself. Yeah, I think I've always, I've always been a bit like that. Like I'm never, uh, I don't know, like I'm never content with what I paddle. <laughs> like the first downwind, first board I downwinded. Like I think my first paddle downwind on a race board was like 20 knots in Perth and straight away I was like, man, this thing's got no rocker, the nose is stuck in. Straight away it was kind of annoying. So within, I think, a year or so, I was building my own boards. But, um, yeah, the same with the foils, you know. Like, you, you foil something and you're like, oh, I wouldn't mind if this foil did this, this or this. But I think that, not, I wouldn't say the easiest way, probably the hardest way to do that is to make your own. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, it was definitely cool to use the, uh, it was really cool to have a swap and use the, have a go of your stuff as well because they're both obviously pretty, pretty good foils and they work well so it's just so different like, i think we did two or three kilometers 
and you probably need a bit more than that to get used to a new coil. But at the same time, after a kilometre or two, you can start to get in a, a good flow with the new equipment and then uh, yeah, it's good. You always learn something, mix it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. It, it's always take the opportunities to try the gear and, you know, you, I think you always like what you're used to, but you got to give it a bit of time and, you know, two or three kilometres probably wasn't enough, but it was it was cool to try out, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Let's, um, let's move to um, talk about the Doctor 2019. Um, it was the first race that I think I'd foiled competitively, um, like with other crew, and, and we had a lot of, I guess, different conditions. And anyway, should cut the short, short story. Ben beat me, and it was a really good race we had. It was like we literally came into the beach seconds or probably 30 seconds apart. Um, take it away, Ben. T- talk me through the race. How did you beat me? Uh, I think we, I, I, you were cutting out a bit then, but I know you said to talk about the doctor and then I beat you. So <laughs> I think we'll call that race, uh, we'll call that Weedstock, Weedstock 19. Yeah. It was pretty, uh, yeah, I think we, I think it was a pretty frustrating paddle. Like it didn't really feel like a race for, for me because I was kind of just like trying to stay on the foil with a bunch, like with weed coming and going. Yeah. And I think for me that worked out pretty well. Whereas I think you were getting lead and stopping and getting it off, and then like you were probably when you're going fast, going faster than me. But then you know I'd just be I was just going steady, frustrated with the weed hang. Like there's never any. Maybe my first two kilometers were fast, and from then on they were all kind of average. But I think going at an average speed the whole way obviously worked better than going fast coming down fast coming down yeah <laughs> and maybe full i think the foil i had was a little bit more raked back well yeah i think the foil i had was a little bit more raked back than yours so i was probably shedding weed like there's probably bits of weed where i might shed that you didn't so i think maybe i gained 30 seconds from uh from that <laughs> <laughs> that, that must have so been it was, yeah it was good fun here in the tortoise kind of style that race um yeah i was stopping and starting and trying to get rid of the weed which in hindsight was a bad idea um i think i used too small a foil that day too which obviously in hindsight didn't work um but yeah it was cool to race and to see what we could race in like it was windy that day but it was um because of all the seaweed the ribbon weed basically got stuck on our foils and on our mast both front and back yeah. wings, so it was it was a tricky day to say the least. Conditions were epic, but because yeah. there was so much weed, it was like we we're hitting speed bumps all over the place, and it was like it was like foiling, or it was like driving with a handbrake on. You, you're going, but you're only just going quick enough to be moving forwards. So um, yeah, yeah, and I think I think I think with that run, it's always like that. I think the year before you were racing Jake on Unlimiteds, and you had kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Like I think you saw, I think I remember you telling me you saw Jake flying past you, and you're like, "Holy shit, how am I ever gonna catch him?" The next minute, he's gone over the front of his board. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he so. nose dived, went over the front of his board, and I'm like, "Geez, I better start paddling quick," because he was moving when he went past. Yeah. He nose dived. He went over fast. Um, yeah, it's it's tricky place. You know, I don't know if it's a good place to foil race because. It's frustrating. I mean, you say you should use a bigger wing, but then a bigger wing is probably going to catch more weed. So it's just, I don't know, first great for wind and stuff, but it's pretty frustrating to yeah. downwind on a foil. 
Like I'd prefer to downwind on the east coast because you got a bit of swell still without the wind, so the foil can still handle it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, you know just as well as me, pretty frustrating. Whether you're racing or not, it's just frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that 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 day I actually used the a, a GL one eighty that we that I'd cut down the sides on. Um, it was like a prototype wing. Right. The reason I wanted to use that was because the bumps were good that day, but yeah, and I wanted the smallest sort of span on my wing so I'd catch less weed. But what ended up happening was I was still catching weed, and because I was a little bit underfoiled, like as I, I didn't have enough lift. I would yeah. get the weed and I'd be going so slow and so, so slow that I'd not hardly even keep going. So I'd stop and get the weed off. And it was, yeah. it was um, frustrating to say the least. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the foil I used was definitely slower than yours, but I could, I could sit high on the bumps and surf around slowly. Like I was doing three minute K's, which is pretty mm. slow. Like I remember at a stage just going, oh man, this is so boring. Because like, I couldn't see, I couldn't see anyone the whole race, and we'd already passed the skis, so I was just on my own. I didn't know where you were. Yeah, I was chasing you. Like, yeah, and like with all the weed, it was so, uh, it made the foil so sensitive. So I couldn't, you know, I had to concentrate, but at the time, same time, it was super boring. So I don't know, it was frustrating, exciting, and boring all all at the same time. <laughs> yeah i remember looking down once when i'd just come down and taken weed off and i looked down i could see this big clump of weed like if this is my foil there's a big clump of weed on the tip i'm looking down at it i can see it and i'm thinking how am i gonna shed this i'm trying to turn as hard as i can and you get as high as you can to try to get rid of it and yeah i think i ended up jumping off and getting it off and, and once i did get up it because i'd gotten used to the weed being on the foil i was like leaning one weird way to sort of that was my yeah. balance point and then when i got back yeah. up it was all different and it took me a little while to sort of adjust to, to foiling without weed. And then, you know, within 500 meters, I hit some more weed on my mask and you're like, okay, I've just got yeah, to like, pull here and foil through the weed. And, and that was, that was when I was trying to chase you down and just too little too late. But um, yeah, it, was a, it was an epic race. Yeah. We, we did a bunch of really good runs down to the, uh, the cut down to Mandra as well. And I'm going to bring this up because I think to me it was redemption. Um, there was a, <laughs> I was paddling on the stand up for the King of the Cut race because that was the main event. Uh, but Ben, you know, with his tail up after winning the Doctor on the foil, he decided <laughs> he decided he'd foil it and he won the won the King of the Cut. So he was the the Doctor and the King for the um for the foil in 2019. And then um, I, I won a King of the Cut on the stand up. But in between the, the races of the Doctor and the King of the Cut, there was a we did a lot of really fun foil downwinders and we, we, we were racing. Like we were all racing just every single run. And Never there was one day <laughs> in particular that you guys were doing a full cut and I did um, half cut on the foil and then went and got my stand up and then did the fit second half of the cut on my unlimited stand up. And on that half, first half, we were all racing and, and I got ahead of you. I got the quickest time of the week. <laughs> Well, that's a yeah, that was pumping that day. <laughs> but it's a bit okay. of a victory because you guys went way out, way out to the left to sort of get into the bumps for the for the second half of the cut. And while I clocked the fastest time, I feel like we were so close the entire week, all of us, that maybe it was, wasn't. But <laughs> no, I think uh, I think I reckon for sure when it was really pumping, the wing I was on 
wasn't didn't quite have the top end. So I had to make sure I was always going fast, you know, yeah. like I've had to, to match the part. Because I think, yeah, like the foil I had had good consistent speed, but not crazy top end. Yeah. So the days it was really pumping, I think, yeah, like I, we were sort of competitive, but I reckon on the big bumps, like I always had in my mind, oh, Jimmy's a bit quicker on the big, big, fast bumps. Yeah. <laughs> I just told uh, myself it was your uh, your uh, solid quads just getting me down them. But uh, yeah, I think I think at the time the foil you're on was a little bit a uh, little bit quicker, and it'd be fun to go there now with the new foils are on. I think we do some pretty pretty quick quick times over there now. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Like, I can't wait to get back into the fall racing. And and to me, it's a little bit of a like a little bit arms race, but also you know I'm heavier than you, so if it's bigger bumps, I've got a bit of an advantage. If it's smaller bumps, I feel like you've got a bit of an advantage. If we're on the exact same equipment, in saying that, yeah, um, you know, you could potentially use a smaller foil, um, yeah. you're a bit lighter. Uh, you know, there's all these little variables that it, it kind of means there's always going to be, as it grows, there's always going to be different people winning, I feel, because... Yeah, I think similar to the racing on paddle boards, like, to say you and me, like, you're, what are you, 30? Something like that? Yeah, I'm 30 this year. Oh, 29 at the so moment. Like, same as the race boards, no matter how good... Say say we downwind at the same level on a race board, you're always going to paddle better than me, stronger. And I think with the foils, it'll be the same. Like the young kids that foil, they'll just use the fastest wing and they'll just keep up. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I think there's ways around it. Like if you, oh, for me, if I make myself a better wing than what's out there, I can I can make it easier for myself. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, um, yeah, I think there's always that aspect. You can always, especially like I find light wings, yeah, I do seem to go quite well when I'm, wind's light but i think when the waves are bigger and solid it's normally more of an equipment thing because everyone's just bombing the swells and that's all you can really do whereas if it's light you can like on a sap you've got to choose those little grooves to get through and you can chase swells and stuff and yeah you can make up you know you can make up 100 meters pretty quickly in like 15 knots and small bumps whereas if everyone's just bombing swells it's whoever stays upright just goes harder <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think we ch- I chatted to Marcus in the last one. We we're talking about how, you know, the, the, the shorter runs, so, so runs that are, you know, under two hours on the SUP at least, you know, you you couldn't sprint the whole way on a SUP or, or you know, same or a foil. Or under two hours, you can sprint. Over two hours, you can't sprint. So it becomes like an efficiency thing the longer you go. So, um, yeah. you know, Molokai to Oahu, on the foil, it, it, it's kind of the distance-wise, 52 k's. It, it's kind of a sprint for a foil. So it's like the young guys, I think, will definitely, you know, always be going well because they can pump and they can sustain that energy levels yeah. for long enough. Whereas, you know, for a sup where the race is sort of more like three to four hours, or sorry, three and a half, four, four and a half hours, there's always going to be a bit more like a battle of attrition. Who can save the energy? is going to do the best. So maybe for the longer, maybe we'll have to start doing longer foil runs to um, make sure we stay on top of the younger crew. Because I feel like I'm getting into that older crew too. I'm almost 30, mate. <laughs> you're, uh, you're right in the sweet spot, Jimmy, I reckon. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So, I, I don't know. Like for me, oh, for me, long runs is hard just time-wise with my life. But yeah, I mean, 
it's always nice being out there for a long time because for me, downwind foiling is pretty close to kind of like meditating for me. It's like, it's pretty silent. There's no drag in the water. And it's, um, is it all that's through your brain is just chasing little bumps. And you always feel pretty good after like, you know, a 20, 30K downwind foil where you haven't really heard a sound the whole way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fully yeah. like getting out in the middle of nowhere i guess it's like going for a bushwalk you know you're usually out in the middle of nowhere and no sounds just nature around you and um yeah it's it for sure marcus said similar thing it's just like you're in that zone and you literally you're not thinking about anything else because you've got to focus on the task at hand and so it's like this meditative state where you're just flowing and um yeah thinking about what you've got to do to to, to keep doing what you're doing yeah yeah for me it's like um i think i told you enough here i do a bit of like trail running now mm-hmm. and it's um i guess it's like if you like trail running is like downwind foiling compared to sprinting in a stadium is like surf foiling you know like when you're in on a prone foiling at kira or Karaman, there's people everywhere there's bloody foilers everywhere now <laughs> yeah. so it's always like crowded it's um you know, it's still fun, of course, and it's good to talk to other foilers and prop out. But you know, I'm a bit of a uh, bit of a loner anyway, so I like getting out there on my own. And it's um, yeah, I find it hard to explain. You know, like a lot of a lot of the prone guys always talk to me about, ask about downwind foiling stuff, but it's it's hard to explain why. It's, you know, so I just yeah, it's I think the, the closest thing is to say yeah, it's just like just being out there in your own world and kind of like getting that just like a big refresher you know you come back in and get back to reality and everything's cool yeah yeah it's it's definitely the way it is at the moment it's full on like a lone wolf sort of style even when you go with a crew it's you end up yeah hundreds of meters yeah. apart and you don't really see each other yeah. like even if we start right next to each other on the same bump for a moment you look up 30 seconds later and we're literally hundreds of meters sometimes further yeah. apart and it's um it's cool like that. Uh, you know, it's, it's good yeah. doing it with crew, but it's also nice you can do it by yourself. I guess as long as you've got all your safety equipment and sort of stuff like that with you, people know you're out there. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I, guess I want to tap into, you've done a bit of winging and, and winging downwind as well. Um, I want to ask you about that sort of stuff and I want to ask you about the prone foil stuff. So let's start with the winging. I know you've done a bunch of wing foil downwinders or just speed runs i guess have you done many wing downwinders or seen uh, local crew do yeah it? uh no i've done a few um yeah i mean i'm probably similar to you like if there's bumps i'll probably prefer to be just the paddle but i've done a few in northerlies you know like i think you gave me the idea was the ding out far and then back it down and, and downing with the paddle and I've done a few just straight up downwinders with the ding just to do something different, you know. Like, you, you know, you've got to try all this stuff and you've got to test equipment, boards, wings, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I think it's definitely, it's, it's great. I mean, it's such a good time to be involved in water sports because <laughs> there's so many options and for people that want to downwind and, you know, like if you're pushing 50 or 60, realistically, it might be really hard to get to that stage where you just got the lung capacity to downwind, you know, like unless you're, you know, there's guys out there that, that keep in great shape for a long time and yeah, they can do it. But, you know, there's guys, it's, 
it's it does you know what it's like learning to downwind it's pretty physically taxing so winding is a pretty good option for you know a lot of guys to get out downwind without having a yeah busting up getting up on the foil and, yeah and uh sure. yeah but yeah i enjoy it um for me i prefer the freedom of a paddle um but sometimes it's good to wind in just to test out if you're just testing some foils for like speed and stuff because you can go really fast with the winding when, so, when, when you're going fast are you free winging or are you like fully like holding the sail in front of you and like sailing downwind what do you uh, if, I, if i'm going just fast i'm sailing yep. yeah so it's like it's just like sailing a, a windsurf or a skiff like you you build up your speed and the faster and faster you go the, the more the wind you generate you know like your apparent wind goes round and round so the basically once you're winding and if you can do it efficiently i think if you're racing windings downwind like if that when that becomes it's not if but when that becomes a thing i don't think people will be free winging downwind they'll be no. they'll be they'll be racing using their apparent wind to go as deep and as fast as possible yeah and you'll end up doing angles just like this you know yeah like you'll just be like this yeah the whole way down it's not I don't think for racing, I don't think downwinding will really be a thing, but for for our fun and just surfing around, downwinding for sure is 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 fun. Yeah. Yeah, when I've when I first went out and sort of free free <clears throat> free winged, I was yeah, putting us out the, the wing out to the side and just sort of holding it there. And there's there's moments where it, it fully gets in the way. Especially on those lighter wind days, you're going and the and the wing almost gets in front of you and it like blindfolds you and it's terrifying. Yeah. Um and I guess then there's the other sort of aspect of, I guess, downwind winging where you're, as you said, you're sailing downwind and I guess using a bigger wing and a smaller foil and you're just sort of holding on. Yeah. And I guess for you and for you have with the Olympic sailing background, I, I guess you'd, you'd probably have, um, I'd say you're probably having a bit of fun doing that. You and you and Marcus. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think I've, I've spent like the first few windings I did with, um, with Jacko at the very start. I was like, oh, you just power up, power up, and you go faster, like instead of trying to point down in. And after a few, we had it sus, and then we were like, then we're just power dinging together, like pretty similar sort of speeds. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of, it's pretty, it's pretty similar sort of thing. I mean, the speeds you do are probably pretty similar to what you do on a skiff. So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And um, I don't know, race, I think racing will end up being, there's definitely a crossover point, like if it's, Sort of like 12 knots if it's not that windy. I think free wing, if there's bumps, then because there's not as much wind, you can't get as deep downwind just yep. by using your apparent. So there's definitely a point where it's going to be quicker to, to, to free wing if there's big bumps and you can go in a straight line. Yeah. But um, once you're fully powered and there's solid wind, yeah, you'd just be, just be blasting. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, I've done more of the lighter wind downwind winging i guess so like under 12 knots and that's where i'd feel like if i sheet up downwind i'm going almost across i, yeah. I can't fully power up going the, the direction i want to go yeah so, and that's uh, when you probably find like if yeah when racing became a thing becomes a thing if it's if people are getting right into it if it's 12 knots people will just have like eight meter sails yeah and i'll just be powering downwind with yeah I, I like i like that you call it power dinging because i think that's a really good word for it there's like i guess there's there's winging yeah. which is just sort of winging in the one spot i guess i call it free winging where you just use the wing to get going and then you're just pumping along and then the power dinging where you're using like a tiny foil and a massive wing and just trying yeah. to 
trying to go down as quick as you can. Um, guy from Surf FX, he's he's the king power dinger, at least that that I've the, the, the biggest example I've seen anyway. Um, yeah. Up on the Goldie, he he was flying past us. Um, yeah, we I think we've done paddling. We've done some power ding runs where we're doing like one minute fifty kilometers, wow. like low one fifties, and it's just like. Terrifying. Yeah, so it's a lot. I mean, a fast downwind coil is like two teens, you know, with a yeah. paddle. Maybe under that, you could get a really good kilometre. Yeah. But, you know, if you do a 215 with a paddle, you're pretty moving. Yeah. So to get under two minutes consistently with a sail, it's definitely, even if you're travelling a little bit further, you're going to go a lot faster than someone yeah. with a paddle. That, that extra 20 seconds per kilometre, that, that's that's a lot. That, that can't be underestimated. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I um I went out and tested some gear. Actually, probably the last time I did a downwinder, it was pretty good winds, and I used it was like a five meter wing, and I used one of the new TKR wings from GoFoil, which is it would have been too small a foil for me to paddle up anyway. And and I it was the first time I guess I'd done like a, a power ding, and I was I started off just sort of getting going, then I was free wing on these really big bumps, and I think I got maybe a kilometer. I was getting low probably two two minutes, like two tens maybe. So sort of like pretty quick, about as quick as I've gone downwind foiling. And then when I went power digging, so like sheeting in and just sort of powering down and across, so not, not perfectly downwind, um, I, I got into like the low twos. So like 201, two yeah. minute flat kind of thing. And that's, that's yeah, for sure the quickest I've gone. And it, it wasn't that windy. It was, it was a good day, but it wasn't um, all time. So I was like, okay, yeah. I see. That was the first time I realised what the wingers are doing, I guess the, the power dingers are doing downwind and it's it is a cool thing. It's it's like a cross between sailing and paddling downwind and you just sort of terrifying because you're going so quick. Um yeah. and I feel like if you fell off you'd you know putting a hole in your wing's probably gonna happen but that's kind yeah. of like parcel of the fun of it all. So yeah. I, I think the best way to crash at that speed is to uh Hold on to your sail. Yeah. It'll take you away from your equipment. Yeah, kind of lift you up rather than like letting everything go yeah. and falling into it. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna eat shit, then just hold on to your sail and it'll drag you away and hopefully you're gonna eat safety equipment on you sweet. I guess i touched on safety equipment before. I guess what I normally at the very minimum when I downwind, obviously leg rope. And I'll usually take my phone in a waterproof case. That's kind of my minimum. Um, when I'm doing longer ones, I, I do wear a life jacket. Um, I've got a, like a two-way radio, an EPIRB. Um, I don't wear a helmet just because I, don't know, I just don't feel like I need it. I haven't fallen off close to the foil downwinding before in the waves. Um, for those people learning, definitely helmets are a good idea. But you get to a point where you're comf comf confident enough that you're not going to. I'm not saying that you never will. Um, yeah, all those sorts of things are, are pretty good. And I, Bongi, you definitely use a leg rope. Um, and I'm sure you have a phone or something with you when you're out there too, sometimes. But um, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty um, I think everything you said is 100% correct. But for sure, I'm pretty slack with, like, yeah, I use a leg rope. But then not much else. Like the Goldie, a lot of the runs that I do here, it's, you kind of feel like you could paddle in most of the time. Um, but uh, yeah, at the same, for sure, I should take a phone. 
But, you know, a lot of the time for me, I'm like, I'll finish work. <laughs> I've got to sneak in a quick downwind before I pick up the kids. So it's a balance between trying to make some money in the morning and then, you know, go have some fun and then go sort out the kids. So it's uh, not that that's an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you need your phone with you, mate, in case something goes wrong and you need someone else that's to get right. the kids. <laughs> well, normally I say before I go out, I'll say I'm going foiling, so don't hear from me. I'll be out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a good strategy. Though. If someone knows that you're out there and that you're supposed to be in at a certain time, I think it's a good thing to to do because I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of it as well. Sometimes I go out with nothing and it's like, you now you're a kilometre or two out to sea and you're a tiny little speck, a tiny board. If something was to go wrong, it, it'd go wrong pretty quick, but you know, touch wood so far, it's been it's been okay. Yeah. But, um, I guess I mean, we all need it. Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I'm, I'm pretty lucky I get, I get driven... I normally get dropped off by Angie and she normally picks me up. So she's, um, yeah, that's, that's as good as anything. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit harder for you. I know you do a lot full solo. So, um, yeah, I guess it's a bit, I've got someone dropping me off and they know where I'm supposed to be coming in. So if I'm not there with you pretty much by the time she drives there, if I'm not there pretty soon after she knows that, (laughs) Something's gone pear shaped. <laughs> yeah, normally the wind drops for you guys. I'm pretty sure if, if anything's going to stop yeah. at this stage. Yeah, I mean she's picked us up, and it's like there's been times we get to the back half of the downwinder, and we're pretty much downwinding, and there's wind in our face. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> so I, did the wind that one, I did that one with you. <laughs> yeah, that happens pretty often, but you just as long as there's some bump, you can you can get there, no worries. But it's uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit weird when you when the wind swings a little bit and you're you can feel it in your face and you're trying to you've only got a small a five foot board underneath it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you you spoke about winging out to sea, packing down and and paddling downwind. I, I love that. I think it's awesome, especially for me here in Sydney. We've got lots of headlands, so to to get out to that that wind line, like there's definitely a sweet spot in close to the shore. The bumps are smaller. The further out you go, especially in Sydney with all the headlands, the, the better the bumps seem to be. Um, and especially when the wind direction isn't quite right, northeasterlies here are better than better than you, for you on the Goldie. But um, it's hard to get out to sea, and you're always fighting to get off the shore. So, so using the wing, literally sailing two, three, four kilometres out, and then I've originally I'd sat down and packed down, but I've started sort of just continuing to foil and deflate the wing and kind of just wrap it up and I, I've done it with a backpack but sometimes it's good just sort of stuffing it under your shirt or, or something and then you just sort of foil with, with the wing and you got your paddle in your hand and you're sort of ready to go and if, and if you do crash you just got to pack it up like you would have otherwise um, but I guess yeah. how was your experience with Jacko um, winging out and just paddling up? Uh, yeah I mean it was it was fine we I think we went about yeah it was like a north northeaster so it's kind of pretty onshore cross onshore here but the bumps yeah they're pretty good so i think we went off nobbies or mermaid somewhere up there and we went off about 5k out wow yeah. and then um yeah i sort of sat down yeah we went a fair way like it was my legs were burning by the time we sat just down on, just on the one track just going straight out straight out yeah, yeah. like by the time when i looked back into shore we were a long way out yeah but that the goldie in the in the summer northeast is you kind of have to so, um, yeah, and then, yeah, we packed it all down. I didn't even think about it, really. I just let everything go, like, deep, 
like all the bells and shit, and then realised water's probably going. <laughs> yeah. So I was like trying to roll it up, and I could see the bell like sort of near the surface of the water. I'm like, oh shit! So I think I sucked a bit of water into it. Yeah. But yeah, I got it all away. No worries. Like way easier than I thought. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. It wasn't super windy, like 15 knots, but um, put it on my back and then went to get jump up. And I'm like, oh yeah, sweet, away we go. And then paddled for a bump that I thought would be no worries and didn't get up. Yeah. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, like, must be, must be at least five kilos, especially when you're leading a bunch of water. Yeah, the, the water's oh, your enemy, yeah. getting into the, not so much into the vows, but sometimes they get in that leading edge where the, um, where that inflatable w- part would, fill the space whereas when, when that's deflated yeah. all the water gets into that leading edge it kind of just sits there takes a while to drain yeah. so especially when you're sitting in the ocean it's hard to to drain yeah. that's why i started deflating while i was up on the foil because it yeah. stayed drier. Mark, i don't know i don't know how you're going to teach people that but good <laughs> good job <laughs> yeah um, um yeah i found it uh, getting up was definitely a bit more of a challenge and it was um definitely because it wasn't a super windy day just boiling was more of a challenge with that extra weight on me. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it was, you know, it was still fun, still yeah. something different. I mean, between if I can do that in a nor'easter, if I can boil when there's a little bit of swell, if I can surf when there's swell, there's pretty much not a day that goes by where yeah can't. And like lately, the waves up here have been great, so I've been getting back into surfing just on a shortboard. Yeah. So it's, there's just not many rest days. That's, that's the problem isn't it yeah. there's always something it's a day that's good for everything and today here in sydney it's pretty flat there's not many waves and i'm thinking i should probably go for a stand-up paddle just on my race board to get to get fit and train for yeah. some races and, and literally between stand-up paddling foiling surfing there's pretty much no day that there isn't something to be doing um yeah well i've been i think like pretty much for me like i haven't paddled on a race board for ages but still it seems like every day yeah there's something to do. Oh, actually, I did. I did a downwind the other day on the unlimited, so that was cool. Yeah. Something different. Yeah. yeah. But Even yeah, it's, the, it's um, crazy. The, the Great Barrier Reef Ocean Challenge, yeah? Uh, possibly. We'll see. We'll see how we go for time and money, etc. Yeah. But it's definitely fun. But um, yeah, we'll see how we go. If you can talk me into it. <laughs> yeah. I actually just spoke to the or one of the organisers this morning and, and he was really wanting me to foil it. He said that um, the the years that you did it, it was pretty probably about as light as they get. Um, condition. Yeah, right. He said he's, he's done it the, the run in three hours on, on an outrigger, the, the forty two yeah. days. So he was he was pretty he was pushing me to foil, and I said I'll probably go up with an unlimited. And uh, and well, a we can put it. We can put foil boards in the plane with us, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine it would be good to foil. It's not really like an ocean. It's like a bay. Yeah. Well, it's not a bay, but there's a reef, so you don't get swell. Yeah. So it's not, it wouldn't be super fast, but it's, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if, it, if I it's good enough, I, I guess it doesn't really matter. But yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, you'd make it, no worries. I mean, even years I did it, you'd probably make it. You'd just have to use a, a, a decent size wing. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to be. That's the other thing. We could you could do it with a winged in pretty happily. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that'd be um. Yeah. Ah, it's also cool. All these all these races are kind of embracing it and wanting foils to 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 take part in it all, and uh, it's all pretty cool. Um, let's get into the last thing I want to talk to you about is is prone downwind foiling, and um, 
it's actually there's a few good spots on the Gold Coast for it in in the right wind direction because you guys have those longer stretches of beaches and I guess if you do come down you can chip on. I know there's a, a few guys that, that that do like wave downwinders on the Goldie and it, it's a lot of people are interested in it because they're not they're coming from foiling from surfing and they do that they see people go down the coast and they don't want to learn to sup so they want to like, do these prone downwinders. Um, have you done any of them? Uh, not really. If I'm on my prone board, I normally just surf and just stay where the waves are. Yeah. But like generally, if it's windy to downwind, I'll just go out and do a long downwinder. But yeah, there's guys here that are prone at Rumbin or something and they'll pump out and go a kilometre or so. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's guys like Bo, he could pump out and go 20k. But the problem is, if he's out there and he comes down and it's four foot forward, he's. But I mean, he's. Yeah, and he's efficient enough that he could do it, but it's uh, risk to reward. It, it's uh, yeah, I think like one or two k is no worries as long as you don't mind long walks. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe like people have actually asked me recently about prone downwinding, like as if like we paddle downwind, mm. and maybe it's possible to like just recently the last board that I that I designed for myself to downwind. Until then, I thought, oh, there's no way, you know, proning downwind can be reliable, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, you might paddle up on the occasional bump and you can film it and show everyone and say, yeah, look at this. Mm. But to be out there and realistically be reliable to prone, get up, crash, do it again. Yeah. I thought might be impossible. But I think the boards, for me anyway, are getting easier and easier to get up. So maybe, maybe if people are prepared to prone on a six-foot board, then they could paddle out thrown up a little bit more easily than a year or so ago yeah yeah it's interesting i think it's something that people have always here in sydney have been asking me a lot of guys they don't want to learn to stand up but they still want to do the long down windows and, and i've always said here in sydney it's a, a pretty risky thing to be doing because all the headlands if, if you've come down outside the headland you literally got two or three kilometers to paddle in and to, to get yeah. up again on the beach you'll then have to pump all the way back out again to get around the next headland so it's not yeah. ideal, but you can do shorter runs and there is the demand for it. People are asking and it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's been really cool to see the guys over in Oahu, the, the Voyager foilers do those prone downwinds. Wet conditions are pretty perfect for it. You know, they've got basically yeah. an outside reef, windy conditions, nice swell, a five or six kilometer run. I think they do. And, you know, they've got a big crew yeah. they go with um, and that looks yeah. pretty fun. But yeah. I think even, even then when they're doing the longer ones that, those guys are the, the, the sort of top guys over there are doing it on a stand-up. And I, I wouldn't imagine many of those guys would be doing like Molokai to Oahu on a prone board because I'm not sure how they'd get started. Yeah. And if they did come and down... Yeah, how do you get up at the start of that thing? Yeah, especially <laughs> at the start. Yeah, you need a bit of swell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you need... Yeah, that's it. It'd be pretty tricky. Mm. I look, I, when, I, when I watched the last races there, I don't even know... Like it looked pretty hard to get up on the sup, so I don't know how. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for us, like for where we live, it's, it's always going to be a challenge. But maybe it's worth, I don't know, maybe I'll try it. The more and more I get asked, the more I think about maybe trying it like a normal one. Yeah. Like jumping in on Snapper and trying to do 20K. Yeah. But I guess once you learn, you take for granted that you can, like, I can, I know if I get up, I can stay up to 20K. But yeah. if people are learning on a prone, yeah. They'll, they might get up and they, like they probably paddle prone stronger than me but they'll get up and they'll be down before a kilometer 
mm. and then they've got to do it again and again and again and again. Yeah. So it's um, it's tough. It's tough to learn, I would say, without like without doing it like you said, just off the shore is chipping in and then pumping out mm. and just constantly repeating that. But then you don't really get the proper the proper downwind bump. Yeah, there's definitely a different um, feel when you're only a couple hundred metres out beyond the surf zone to a kilometre out beyond the surf zone. Yeah. Um, and that's something yeah. that, not discounting it, it's just different. But um, I've done a couple of prone downwinders here in um, in Sydney and just literally from Narrabeen back to Collaroy and it's, I think it's maybe three kilometres. And yeah. look, it's fun, but it's only three kilometres and I could do triple four times, five times that on my stand up yeah. without having any concern about coming down out to sea because I can just paddle up onto the foil. Yeah. Um, Did you walk back? I had a mate that was drone filming me. So he just followed me down oh, the coast and then I jumped in his car and went back up. So it was, nice. it was lucky. Yeah. yeah. That's that's another challenge. So there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of challenges to it. But yeah, I guess you could you can't rule it out if the board if the equipment becomes and the other thing is you forget how big some people can use, but there's a lot bigger wings out there than what they're using. Yeah. Personally. So yeah, I mean, you can't you can't rule it out completely, but there's a lot of challenges to doing like a full ocean downwind up without without a paddle at the moment. Yeah. One thing that um I've just 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 used once now, but it's like this thing called a foil drive and it's like a little motor that you put at the top of your mast. So it's like a hybrid e-foil you can e-foil to get going and then once you're up on the foil the the motor's out of the water and, and the whole sort of unit weighs about i want to say three kilos maybe it's a little bit more but it's it's not that heavy so f- for me coaching it's it's a tool that i think is going to be really powerful to get people going and get them out in the conditions that they'd be able to get going anyway but without the stress of not getting going so I never they'll never yeah. have to paddle yeah, oh, yeah. fly away yeah yeah i've seen that it's um is Travis from South Oz had him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I saw something about him. Yeah, it looks like a pretty cool idea. Like, I don't know what three kilos feels like under your feet, but I guess if you're going to have three kilos anywhere sitting under your back foot, it's not a bad, not a bad place. Yeah. See, I didn't even think about that. If you put that onto a six foot, like hybrid prone support that you can prone, then yeah, I assume you'd get up pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, actually, is it? Yeah, physically, I guess maybe it would add some effort to have that weight, and you would have you would have to stay high on the mast, otherwise you're going to have a bit of shit yeah. dragging through the water. But uh, yeah. it's got to be useful. Yeah, I think especially for the sub. I think for the prone, the problem is that the the battery or the like the power needs uh, a signal from the remote to the to the power, like to the actual battery. And if it's underwater, so if you're on a small board that the, the tail's sinking then it doesn't yeah, right. so the, the trigger doesn't work you've yeah. got to get it like out of the water before you can press the go once you're going i think it's sweet because you've got that forward momentum yeah. but um yeah, yeah. that's a try that out for, for a prone board and it'd be i think you'd, you'd right. have to be on a if you're on a prone board you'd want it to be pretty big anyway yeah that, that's what i was chatting to marcus about it yesterday and it's it's um if you're going to be prone downwinding you're almost going to be needing to use a bigger board than you'd be supping because yeah, I think the board I sup on now would be the one I would try on. So, yeah. oh, you've you've used it. It's a pretty big board. Yeah, it's a big board. Well, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's skinny. It's quite skinny, but it's chunky. 
yeah. so you could probably have you could probably have the receiver thing on the back of that that might stay dry. Yeah. Dry enough to to get a signal, but uh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then and then you got to think if they're using boards that big, is it where's the benefit of uh yeah of the prone anyway? Like all you really need to do is use learn how to use a paddle enough to get up on a bump. And yeah, and then you, you don't need it really. You don't have to use the paddle after that if you yeah. don't want it. We see Dave Kalama have it, the paddle on his back. He just like ditches it kind of thing. Yeah, like when the bumps are good. Like some, I think sometimes if you get in a good rhythm, downwinding, the paddle can be a, more detrimental because you use it, like you rely on it. So, whereas if you get in a good rhythm, you stay high and you're just always skipping bumps onto the nice bumps. Yeah. Because you know you're high and you stay on them. You, you don't need the paddle. Yeah. So, I, I find yeah, myself I sometimes I use the paddle when I've made a mistake. So... If yeah. I wasn't on a sup, I probably would have come down. And you sort of you go to get up and over one, and you don't quite get over it. And so then I'll just take a couple strokes with my paddle and be paddling yeah. pump and get up and over that. Whereas on a prone board, I'm not sure what I'd do. I guess you'd have to pump and kind of go back. I guess the other advantage yeah, you have to just get used to being high enough that you you've got that little bit of room for error. Yeah, yeah. And um, you just have to do it really well, I guess. You don't want to yeah. be, but like for sure, like I definitely there's times like. I think like when you were up here, I was paddling more than I probably usually would. And for sure, usually if I'm out and it's sort of light downwind and I'm not paddling, I think I'm probably faster than when I'm trying to paddle. Like when because I, I use more, you use more energy. You got your paddle and your legs going. Mm. Whereas if I sort of hold my paddle and concentrate more on what I'm doing, I think I'm more efficient and still faster, if not as fast. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was up there with you, I was like, stop paddling, Bongi. You're wasting your energy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yes, you're right. I should stop paddling. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's same yeah. when, you're when you're sucked downwind too. You can overpower the energy that you're actually trying to tap into and then you don't notice it anymore. So by paddling and pumping too much on your downwind foil, you don't notice where the energy is. So you continue to paddle and pump. Whereas if you stop paddling and stop pumping, you actually notice where the best source of energy is and you'll be able to glide more efficiently for longer and actually go faster yeah because if you get in that if you get in that nice little sweet spot mm. then when you see an opening you can use that power to move forward instead of pumping yourself just to flat water you know like to shit yeah <laughs> which yeah. i mean you generally don't do you're still kind of semi-smart about it but that's the extremes but yeah you can i think you can definitely go without a paddle and it's a good way to do it and especially like once like to learn to go if you're interested in going fast it's a good way to and then yeah if you're in a race and you want it if you're starting to slow down and you want to use your paddle you'd use it but i think it's a good tool just to go without your paddle once you're up anyway yeah for sure uh well i think we, we wrap it up here bongi it's been good to chat to you about all that stuff i think it's a lot a lot of um we covered a fair bit you know winging prone up downwind and all that sort of stuff and yeah thanks for coming on and um i guess do you have any like if you were to give someone one tip before they went out for their first downwind foil what would you say um just try to relax and have fun and enjoy the challenge it's not it's not that important that you need to get upset about (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think anyone who is who is going attempting their first downwind foil, they've, they've got to really think about um, 
tackling something that's doable. Don't do 10 to 12 kilometers on their first one. Start short. Um, yeah. Use a foil that you know you can get up on. And once you're up, yeah, just, just relax and, and don't, yeah. don't force the issue. Is there's more lift and more energy out there than you think. Yeah, so, I'd, say, I'd say between two and four kilometers is a perfect first downwind run. Yeah, that's, that's a really good tip. Yeah. yeah. If you don't make it, if you don't get up once, you're still going to be in the beach within an hour. Yeah, and you're not going to be too angry. 10Ks on a yeah. five-foot board, I can tell you that. Yeah, you'll, you'll turn yourself off downwind on a foil pretty quickly if you're just out in the ocean for three hours floating around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All yeah. right, good so tip. Thanks, really Donkey. Thanks for catching up here with, um, on my, I guess, my new podcast, The, the Casey Catch-Up. And um, we'll have you on up. again soon. But, uh, cheers, mate. Cheers, Jimmy. No worries.